it's really time to challenge black creators to think deeper and to use our platform, our opportunities to make a difference or at least to say something of value to the youth that's coming up after us. We all were a little girl or a little boy growing up where we're from, dreaming big dreams, hoping that one day some miracle, some stroke of magic could happen that would change our lives forever. And I noticed just from being from Philadelphia, growing up as a little poor girl, <laughs> just wishing that there was gonna be some fairy godmother <laughs> that shows up, pimps my ride, changes my outfit, but for life, not just for one night. That was the dream, hoping that we could be rescued from poverty until we realize that the only way to be rescued from poverty is to rescue ourselves. And then when that reality sets in, bye-bye to those dreams. Because now we start thinking practical. Now we're limiting what we believe that we can do because we can't believe in nothing else. All we see is pain. All we see is trauma. And sometimes it even feels like trauma is a prerequisite for even reaching any sort of fairy tale. You got to get in a car accident just to get some case money. You got to get in something to get some case money. If you don't get some case money to be able to invest or flip it and then be able to change your family's life, you got to you gotta hope, you know, the basketball works out. You got to hope football works out. And, and if that doesn't work out, if you get hurt, there's bye-bye dream. The dream is gone. And then it's back to square one, hoping that this, by some stroke of magic or a miracle, your life has changed. And not just for one night, but for the rest of your life. And I think it was almost every poor little girl from Philly, North Philly to be exact, it was our dream to be rescued from poverty and the pains of being abused verbally, physically, sexually by family members, people in the community, bullied by school or family members, and people in the community being attacked and abused by the very community where you would hope would cultivate all the gifts and talents on the inside of each of us. But sometimes it wasn't like that. Sometimes it was the exact opposite. And Tyler Perry calls it dream killers. But yeah, sometimes we're surrounded by dream killers. Sometimes we're surrounded by unwise, unmotivated, uninspired people who've just been too hurt. They've been too hurt, too traumatized. They've seen too much. They've seen too much of the wrong stuff. They've seen too much of the real stuff going on in their lives and in their families and in their neighborhoods. So when you finally get some little girl who has a dream about being the next female Tyler Perry, you're like, okay, this girl's crazy. She needs to think about going to college. She needs to think about getting a good job. You know, the practical, what's the practical way of looking at this dream? We automatically go to attacking the dream 
instead of attacking the obstacles, attacking the, the struggles in the way of, of the, in the way of the dream. We attack the dream. We don't attack the obstacles. We attack the dream. And that limits the dream. And then we start putting these limitations on the dream and, and on God. And I think that's a dangerous territory to be in, putting any limitations on God. But we do it all the time, and we do it unconsciously. And some of our people that we love and we know loves us, you know, they just don't have the best advice on dreaming big dreams because they could just never understand. Just like, hey, Will Smith, hey, sometimes parents just don't understand, right? But sometimes parents, that's a, you know, that's everybody in the community sometimes. Sometimes everybody in the community is just like your parents. Sometimes everybody in your school is just like their parents and their ideology and their way of thinking. So they can't possibly understand what God would put something so big on the inside of you. And, and their own, you know, lack of understanding of God and their own lack of understanding of themselves and just the lack of understanding of the world and how big it is, they can't possibly comprehend how your dream is valid. So they discredit it and, you know, discredit you and find ways to knock you down an inch. And I just wrote about this in my Who Am I Now think piece on LinkedIn. Check it out. It's really great. It's about fighting past all those fears the naysayers, that negative committee encouraging you against dreaming big, silencing those voices in your own head telling you they're right. To allow yourself the sensitivity and the consciousness to actually manifest and produce some piece of artwork, some poetry, some 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 writing, some art, some music, some sound, some cry that can communicate with the world. And when that cry goes out, you just hope it's good enough to make to make someone say, Hey, you know, I wanna invest in you. Hey, I see that you have incredible talent. I see that you're really smart. I see that you got potential. I see that there's a purpose over your life. Hey, let me help you. That's what the hope is. That's the our fairy godmother. We're hoping that somebody just sees the value because we're begging for someone to see our value. We're in these spaces where people are just sucking the life out of us, sucking the dream right out of us. And it's like nobody gets it, nobody understands. But you know, you understand how real it is to you, how big and how vivid and how connected you are to this idea that God placed in you, this in seed form. You can't necessarily share it with everybody as this beautiful flower on this, on this beautiful display, but you just know there's a seed. And you're gonna, you know, everybody, you know, everybody's looking at you funny, like, mm. A seed, right? God put a seed down in her. Mm-hmm. Because maybe they haven't figured out what God put down in them. So of course it's going to be hard to believe. And now I just understand that. Wow. You know, if hey, 
And if uh, Cinderella was based in Philadelphia, if if there was a Philly, it's a Cinderella. She would have to get shot and almost die just to get to her fairy tale. And that's the truth. Each community is different. In my community, trauma is literally the only way to get to your fairy tale. There's no other way. It's like a curse. It's like a curse. The only way that you can get to beautiful things is if you go through these terrible tragedies. And it's like, why is Philadelphia like this? But then I realized when I expanded my view, also did my history, <laughs> my ancestry. I found out I'm Nigerian, mainly. There, I'm a few other things, but mainly Nigerian. And it's just a, a pride and an honor that goes along with knowing your history. But knowing that my ancestors persevered through the most traumatic experiences and just survived and survived and survived without ever seeing their fairy tale. And here I am <laughs> at 25 years old complaining about not having opportunities, complaining about people talking down on my dreams when the world is literally my oyster. I have no police dogs chasing me down the street. I don't have the KKK burning crosses on my lawn. I don't even have somebody calling me the N-word to my face. I can make it. I can make it. I can make it. Whatever I think is that bad. I think about my great-grandmother, Annie McQueen. How she would get up in front of the church every Sunday, lifting her hands up, praising God. Praising God all the way up into her Last day, she died at 90, 96 years old. She lived a full, beautiful life. But thinking about those days when she was oppressed by the racism of her community, of her time. And I imagine, man, was she able to dream in her lifetime? Was she able to dream as much as she could? Was she given the opportunities? Was she ever, ever gonna have the resources to reach a fairy tale of her own? And when I think about the answers to those questions, I, I can't imagine being born during a time where it's 10 times harder than what it is now and also trying to dream big. So it made me reevaluate how I'm looking at my situation. Oh, wow. I actually am blessed. I actually, even though I've gone through what I've gone through, the world is mine. The world is mine. And the only person in my way is me. So I'm challenging myself and I'm challenging you guys, the listeners, to dream a little bigger in this season. Just dream, dream big, dream big, and expand your view of the world and know your history. 
Know your history. That's the fuel. Thinking of my great-grandmother, Annie McQueen. <laughs> Annie McQueen. How I would sing and dance with her in front of the church. That's where I found my love of God. That's where I found my love of spirituality, my love of music, my love of church. But if it had not been for her prayers, my grandmother, she wasn't, she wasn't a prayer warrior. <laughs> my grandmother, she sat on the couch and she had a little vodka right by her couch watching her stories, days of our lives in General Hospital. She wasn't the prayer warrior. My great-grandmother was the prayer warrior. She was like my angel. She was like my fairy godmother. Because something about her energy, something about the way she shouted and praised to God, it was like she knew that miracles, that dreams coming true were still possible. That's what I believe. I believe my great grandmother, Annie McQueen, prayed so hard, sang so hard to God because she knew that her prayers were going to be answered one day. They were going to be manifested. They were going to be cultivated. They were going to be made real through me. She knew that she could praise God in advance, even if she couldn't see it right in front of her. And she was right. She was right. And this season of my life is dedicated to my great-grandmother, Annie McQueen.